the last time on this is the podcast for people who want to watch all this prestige television but who's got time for all this i know i don't i'm jafar and i am ben and we finished breaking bad we have broken and it was actually really good it's fantastic show yeah but we don't really know what happened no we got a good idea we got a great idea and we've made it all up in between and now we're gonna go through find out where we were right where we were wrong read a series synopsis this one was written by Looper right before El Camino came out. Okay. So it doesn't have any El Camino stuff. It doesn't have any Better Call Saul stuff because that all happened after. So it's just a synopsis of Breaking Bad. So that way, if we decide we want to do something with those later, we can. Great. So we're going to go through and read this thing. We'll note where we think we've been right, but no points have actually been scored. Everything will be based off of the synopsis and whether or not... If it's something that we scored already, that we feel it fits in, mm-hmm. wasn't just conjecture, we'll be going from there. All right, explain this to me like I'm a two-year-old, okay? Because there's an element to this thing I just cannot get through my thick head. All right, so now we're going to read this synopsis. In the first episode of Breaking Bad, high school chemistry teacher Walter White is diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. After finding out from Hank Schrader, his DEA agent brother-in-law, how profitable cooking meth can be, Walt teams up with Jesse Pinkman, a former student, to make enough money to provide for his family after he's gone. Unfortunately, Jesse and their batch of newly cooked meth are snatched up by a pair of dealers named Crazy 8 and Emilio. Emilio! The the two force Jesse to show them to the RV where Walt and Jesse have been cooking, presumably to kill the two and to take their materials. Walt poisons the two of them, but Crazy 8 survives long enough that Walt is forced to kill the meth dealer himself. Did that happen in the pilot? Did he have to go back and shoot, kill Crazy 8 separately? I don't think so. Okay, so we're into episode 2 territory and things we don't know. All right. Uh, soon, Walt's family holds an intergen- intervention, but not for Walt's secret meth cooking. Instead, they want him to pursue chemotherapy rather than just accept that his cancer is terminal. Ultimately, Walt agrees to seek treatment, even though the cost would put his family even further into debt. Afterwards, while at a birthday party for a former colleague, Walt gets an easy out from the drug business. He's offered a good job, health insurance, and the promise that his cancer treatment will be entirely paid for. Unfortunately, it requires Walt to admit that he needs help and forgive his former partners, Gretchen and Elliot Schwartz, there for we letting go. him buy the company out that they founded together. Instead, Walt turns them down and dives even deeper into the drug cooking business. So he had an out three episodes in and was just like, nah, more meth. Fuck the Schwartzes. Yeah. Walt and Jesse make their partnership official with a simple division of labor. Walt will cook while Jesse will sell. Unfortunately, Walt soon learns just how expensive chemotherapy is, causing him to push Jesse to increase their sales. Jesse reaches out to a local crime boss, Tuco Salamanca. Okay, yep to see if he'd be interested in buying larger quantities of the pair's higher-quality meth in order to better fund Walt's cancer treatments. Instead, Tuco comes up with a better idea, 
which involves beating the crap out of Jesse and stealing the meth that Pinkman was planning to sell. Walt moves in to handle Tuco, using his chemistry skills to prepare an explosive to intimidate Tuco. Yeah! <laughs> Impressed and amused, Tuco agrees to work with Walt and Jesse. The two make a deal with Tuco that they'll make meth for him to sell, while he pays them enough to make it worth their while, and for Walt to undergo chemotherapy to try and tackle his cancer. In order to keep his identity a secret, Walt adopts the persona of Heisenberg, after the famed theoretical physicist who's known for the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Yep. And for a while, it seems like Walt will be able to keep his second job a secret from his family. Unfortunately, Tuco is about as stable as a meth kingpin can be, when said kingpin also indulges in a meth habit of his own. Yep, yeah, we, which we saw. Season 1 of Breaking Bad ends with Tuco brutally killing one of his own men for a perceived slight, which leaves Walt and Jesse terrified at what their now partner might do to them. Walt and Jesse's issues with Tuco soon evolve into more than just personality differences. After a personality fit in which he believes the DEA is closing in on him, Tuco kidnaps Walt and Jesse to force them to continue cooking meth for him. We saw that. While being held hostage, Walt and Jesse nearly manage to poison Tuco with ricin, but Tuco's mute, wheelchair-bound uncle, Hector, alerts them to the plan. Luckily, they're saved when Hank, following a tip while looking for Jesse, stumbles onto Tuco and shoots him during a shootout. That's what we said! That is what we said. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. That feels good. That feels real good! <laughs> Having barely survived the run-in with a real criminal underworld and narrowly escaping Hank's, Hank's detection, Jesse and Walt try to take a break from a meth business. Jess, Jesse shacks up with a prostitute friend of his to provide an alibi when the cops come looking for him, while White while Walt feigns stress-induced amnesia to explain his extended disappearance. Okay. Do you think that's Kristen Ritter? That is absolutely Kristen Ritter. Okay. Walt tries to reconnect with his family when they become worried about his health after his fugue state, but that only brings up more underlying issues with his wife, Skylar. With a baby on the way and Walt's ongoing instability, not to mention secretive behavior, she doesn't trust him even when he seems to be doing okay. Meanwhile, Jesse finds himself out of a house and out of friends after the double whammy of being kidnapped and drawing the interest of the DEA. As a result, he pushes Walt to resume cooking. On the other side of the law, Hank's killing of Tuco leads to a sizable promotion for him, but it also causes a heaping amount of stress and anxiety after the shootout. Okay. So, I'm thinking the maybe the person that he saw get killed that was giving him all that stress wasn't in El Paso, or maybe El, that El Paso was them stopping Tuco? I think that's what it was. Whatever okay. went down in El Paso was a crazy gunfight. All right. Walt and Jesse try to establish themselves in the power vacuum created by Tuco's death, operating as cooks and distributors within Tuco's former territory. Unfortunately, that increased power comes with increased scrutiny when one of their drug dealers is robbed. Walt gives Jesse a gun and tells him to take care of it, which Jesse does, in a sense. <laughs> in a series of in an accidental series of events leaving Jesse with a reputation as a cold blooded killer, which seems to establish Heisenberg as a genuine power player. On the home front, things are getting tricky. As a cover for all of his meth money, Walt has been telling Skyler that Gretchen and Elliot had been paying for his cancer treatments. But when Gretchen finds out about the lie, she tells Skyler that she won't be paying for any more therapy, leaving Walt to search for another cover story. 
On top of all that, Walt and Jesse end up attracting attention from the law after Badger, one of their drug dealers, is arrested. With the help of Saul Goodman, a local criminal lawyer, they devise a plan to trick the DEA into arresting a fake Heisenberg, freeing Badger and taking the heat off Walt. The plan goes smoothly, although Hank, who's becoming obsessed with Heisenberg and his blue meth, remains convinced that something is wrong. But hey, Walt is making money, and Jesse's ongoing romance with his neighbor and landlord, Jane Margolis, continues to go well even though she realizes he's a drug dealer, and that he and when he realizes she's in recovery for addiction. So oh. everything's going to turn out fine, right? Okay, Jane is Kristen Ritter. Okay. After one of Jesse's drug dealer friends is killed by a rival gang, Jesse and Walt realize they aren't cut out to manage a crew of drug dealers. So with Saul's help, Walt and Jesse find a distributor for their surplus meth. The mysterious buyer, Gus Fring, is a fast food franchise owner and model citizen who uses his role as the public face of Los Polos Hermanos to disguise his illicit activities. That level of secrecy extends to his employees, and when Jesse shows up to a meeting high, Gus doesn't think that Jesse's competent enough to handle the work, and the kingpin might have a point. When Walt gets noticed that Gus needs their drugs on short notice, he finds that Jesse's completely incapacitated from his drug use and unable to make the drop. Unfortunately, Walt is also needed at the hospital where Skylar is in labor, delivering their daughter. Walt ultimately chooses to make the delivery, missing the birth of his child, but he nets over a million dollars for him and Jesse to split. However, Walt refuses to pay Jesse his share until he gets clean, since Jane and Jesse have escalated to sharing heroin in their free time. See, she becomes a problem! With a capital P. Desperate for the cash after her father nearly takes her to rehab, Jane blackmails Walt into giving them money immediately. Walt does, but finds himself coming back to check on Jesse and trying to get him help. While shaking his sleeping Jesse, Walt accidentally knocks an unconscious Jane onto her back, and when she starts to choke on her own vomit, he watches her die without interfering. Fuck! Damn. Okay. Weeks later, Jane's father, an air traffic controller, lets two planes collide over the skies of Albuquerque in his grieving state, showing that Walt's actions have far-reaching and devastating consequences. Okay. This reminds me of a thing I had heard. Mm Mm-hmm. Jafar, do you want to know something incredibly sad just with our math? Sure. Tuco is in a grand total of four episodes of this show. Okay. Do you know who's also in four episodes of this show and we never got to see? I looked it up after we recorded last time. Who? John DeLancey. Au contraire, mon capitaine! He's back! Really? John DeLancey, I believe, is the dad. Oh, man! We missed... We missed Q, man. <laughs> now we're really going back and watching this. Uh, at least I am. <laughs> also, this is where I found out that Skinny Pete is in 15 episodes of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking Bad Season 3 features both of the perennial down-on-their-luck meth cooks more or less out of the business. Jesse's in rehab and blames himself for Jane's death, while Skylar's taken the kids and moved out, leaving Walt to contemplate what he's still working towards. Skyler finds out the truth that Walt is a meth cook and offers him an ultimatum. Agree to a divorce, or she'll tell Hank. Ooh. Things get even more complicated when Gus shows up with a new offer. 
Three million for three months' work in a state-of-the-art laboratory. We saw that. Walt refuses in the moment, but is but trouble is arriving from Mexico in the form of bloodthirsty twins looking to enact vengeance on Heisenberg. Walt's attempt to get out of the drug business aren't encouraged by anyone. Saul wants him to get back to cooking, while Skyler is horrified by what he's already done. Unbeknownst to Walt, Gus strikes a deal with the twins, who are Tuco's cousins out for revenge, oh. to keep Walt alive for Gus's own purposes. Meanwhile, Jesse makes his own batch of meth, offering to sell it to Gus against Walt's wishes. Gus accepts the deal, knowing that Walt's pride will bring him back to the meth-cooking business, a prediction that's ultimately proven right. Walt accepts Gus's offer and pushes Jesse out of the business, while Hank finds clues that are starting to lead him to Jesse. So Walt's feeling like a new man with his condo and hidden factory for cooking meth. Even better, he's got a new eager-to-please assistant, Gail Boddicker. Mm -hmm. There we go, yep. Who seems like a serious upgrade compared to Jesse. Unfortunately, Waltz brought Jesse Waltz brought back Unfortunately, Waltz brought back into Jesse's orbit when Hank accidentally warns Walt that he's closing in on their old RV. Walt and Jesse manage to distract Hank away from their old cook site with a phony call that alleges his wife Marie is in the hospital. Things get even worse for Hank when Gus, forced to bargain with the twins, offers them Hank's life instead of Heisenberg's on the basis that Hank is the one who actually killed their cousin, Tuco. Which huh. makes sense. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to kill the guy who killed my cousin. I want the guy behind it. Like, I think you'd want the guy who killed your cousin. Mm -hmm. uh, believing Jesse to be behind the fake phone call, Hank attacks Jesse, savagely beating him. After Jesse threatens to use the illegal beating to make Hank's life miserable, Walt tries to placate Jesse, offering him a job in the meth lab. Jesse accepts the deal, which means Walt has to fire Gail. Why can't you just have two assistants? I don't know. <laughs> About this time, the Salamakia twins attack Hank, but the DE agent kills one and puts the other in the hospital, although he's wounded himself. Walt and Jesse resume their cooking for Gus, although Jesse begins to take some of the excess product in order to sell it on the side. Man, that's dumb. <laughs> it is dumb. With Walt making plenty of money and Hank's hospital bills stacking up, Skyler agrees to pay for his recovery. Yep. With the cover story that Walt's meth money is actually earnings from a gambling habit. Oh, good. Yep. So that's why he tells Walt Jr. that he's... Yeah. Yep. But things never run smoothly for long in Breaking Bad. After getting involved with Andrea Cantillo, a woman at his Narcotics Anonymous meetings... Jesse is horrified to discover that the drug dealers who killed his friend last season were also using Andrea's 11-year-old brother to sell meth. Ugh. Skyler, now fully aware of Walt's criminal enterprises, hatches a plan to safely launder their money through the car wash that Walt's, Walt once worked at. Meanwhile, Jesse's moving on the drug dealers, first by asking Walt to prepare rice and poison, then by threatening to kill them any way that he can, with or without Walt's help. His plan is interrupted by Gus Fring, who's known about Jesse's plan the entire time. The three of them have a meeting where Gus tells the drug dealers to stop using children. In response, they kill Andrea's brother, and Jesse responds by driving up with a gun of his own to enact revenge. He is saved by Walt, who kills the dealer, who kills the dealers, putting his own relationship with Gus at risk. So that's why he talks about driving his car into a bunch of gangbangers. Yep. Jesse goes into hiding, while Walt begins to suspect that Gail, 
who's returned to replace Jesse, is operating under orders from Gus to fully replicate Walt's meth formula so the Kingpin can get rid of Walt for good. With the help of Saul, Walt lays a trap for Gus, giving Jesse enough time to murder Gale, ensuring that the drug lord won't be able to kill them without crippling his meth operation. Their plan more or less works, but Gus responds by isolating himself entirely from Walt and Jesse. Instead, all communication will be handled by his fixer, Mike Ermintrout? Ermintrout. Ermintrout. Yeah. As a result, both Walt and Jesse begin spiraling into darkness. Walt decides to buy a gun in case he needs to kill Gus before Gus kills him. And while dealing with serious guilt over Gale, Jesse starts throwing money into the wind. I'll take the next. Jesse's unhinged, depressed behavior is bad news for Mike and Gus. So Mike begins taking the young chemist on some of his errand runs in an attempt to provide a bit more purpose to Jesse's life. Jesse's not the only one acting erratic, though. When Gail's body is discovered, law enforcement assumes that he's Heisenberg, oh. and that nearly throws Hank off the trail. Until Walt's ego gets in the way, and he convinces his brother-in-law that Heisenberg is still out there. You oh. fucking idiot! See, it's them. They are their own worst enemies. They are. I never disagreed with you on they are their own worst enemies. Yeah. No one ever trying to turn them in, though, is yeah, okay. a different thing. With Hank renewing his investigations in the Heisenberg and Gus Fring, Walt is spending money wildly, even buying a sports car for his handicapped son, Walt Jr. But while he's also worried about Gus's vengeance, but while he's, but while he's also still worried about Gus's vengeance, Walt convinces Jesse to kill Gus with ricin, hidden in a cigarette, but Jesse misses the opportunity. So they almost kill people with ricin like a dozen times, but never do it. So it's actually ricin and not thermite. <laughs> <laughs> well, they never... I, I like our version better. Me too. However, Gus has other fish to fry besides Walt. Has a meeting with the cartel involves completing a decades-law vendetta with Hector. Uh, Salamanca. Oh, okay. So, Hector... Is related to Tuco then? Yes. Okay. Who killed Gus's business partner years earlier? The cartel is soon destroyed in an epic massacre. Yes. And with Jesse's usefulness proven on the trip, Gus asks him to take over the lab in Walt's stead. Gus then tells Walt two pieces of very bad news. First, Walt's out with the understanding that the only reason he's even alive is due to Jesse's intervention. Second, Gus is going to kill Hank for investigating him with worse consequences for Walt and his family if ever anyone interferes. Around this time, Andrea's son Brock ends up in the hospital with a flu-like illness, and when Jesse finds the ricin hidden in his cigarette gone, he blames Walt, thinking that he poisoned the child. Walt convinces him that it was Gus, and the two agree to kill the drug lord, ultimately succeeding with the help of Hector... And his explosive wheelchair. Okay, so they do they do thermite him. <laughs> Next, Gus is dead. The underground laboratory is destroyed. Hey. Yeah, some points. Uh, and Walt and Jesse both managed to survive. However, Gus kept a laptop with security footage of the lab. And with Gus's death, it has been confiscated by the police. Walt teams up with Jesse and a reluctant Mike, now healed from his cartel shootout, to wipe the laptop and keep them out of jail. The plan goes smoothly, but their use of a giant magnet <laughs> accidentally reveals some of Gus's hidden bank accounts, giving the police a fresh lead on Fring's secret meth empire. 
It's also revealed that Walt did... It's also revealed that Walt really did poison Brock in order to turn Jesse against Gus, and that Walt has no intention of stopping his criminal activities. With Gus out of the way, Walt sees the potential for a replacement in the criminal underworld. Gus ran a massive organization with multi-state distribution, and Walt believes that he, Jesse, and Mike are just the men who can fill the shoes. Mike initially refuses, but with the police seizing Gus's secret accounts, his own savings are compromised, which forces him to work with Walt and Jesse. With the help of Lydia Rodart Quayle, an executive at Madrigal, an international conglomerate with ties to Gus's old organization, the three men plan to take over the distribution of Gus's empire. With Lydia, Mike, and Saul's help, Walt and Jesse start a new operation, moving their meth lab from house to house under the guise of a pest removal company. However, heavy is the head that wears the crown, and even though Walt is now the boss of a huge business, that comes with assorted uh, costs. Like payouts to the pest removal company, to his partners, and to Gus's former men serving prison sentences in order to keep their silence. Walt bristles against these payouts, but Jesse ultimately convinces him to let it lie. Still, Walt's success in business comes with a failure in his personal life. Skyler is becoming increasingly depressed and horrified by Walt, and Walt's own separation between his Heisenberg identity and his day-to-day -day life are becoming blurred. When, D when the DEA begins tracking one of the key ingredients for their meth business at Madrigal, Lydia offers them an alternative, a daring train robbery that, if executed properly, will mean enough methylamine for plenty of cooks in order to make their operation go smoothly. Walt and Jesse bring in Todd Alquist. Boo. Boo, Todd. Boo, Todd. One of the pest removal employees. The robbery seems to go smoothly, but it ends in tragedy when the trio notice a young boy watching them as they celebrate their desert heist. Todd immediately shoots the kid. I shot a kid. Which forces Walt and Jesse and Todd to dispose of the body in a barrel full of hydrochloric acid. Although the team managed to get away with all the methylamine they could need, the boy's death weighs heavily on Jesse. When Mike tries to buy out of the business on the basis that increased DEA surveillance is too much for him, Jesse tries to leave too. However, Mike's buyer for his share of the methylamine will only accept all of it or none of it, since the offer is contingent on getting rid of the blue meth that Walt makes. Walt refuses to give up on his criminal empire, since, with Skylar becoming increasingly horrified of him, he has nothing left but his money and his criminal reputation. Walt eventually manages to convince the buyer to take over as distributor for his meth while buying out Mike's share of the methylamine. Mike agrees to continue paying for Gus's imprisoned men out of his own share, but his plan is stimmied when the DEA catches lawyer making the money drops. Mike's forced to flee town, but Walt refuses to let him leave unless he gives up the name of Gus's men so that Walt can silence them before they have a chance to talk. The two men argue, and Walt shoots Mike to death before remembering that Lydia also has access to that information. <laughs> oh, jeez. With the help of Todd's uncle, who runs a crew of neo-Nazis, Walt has Gus's men killed before Hank can get to them to give up any information on Heisenberg. With his business safe, and Todd proving to be an adept lab assistant, Walt rakes in the cash for months before finally retiring. That is, until Hank finds a book given to Walt by Gale on the toilet, and finally connects all the pieces. Even though Walt is retired with plenty of money, Hank is on his trail. In response, 
Skyler and Walt concoct an elaborate cover story, alleging that Hank was actually Heisenberg all along, using the fact that Hank's medical bills were paid for with meth money as proof. But just before leaving town to start a new life, Jesse realizes that Walt was actually behind Brock's poisoning, which sends him on a crusade against his former partner. Hank picks Jesse up before he can burn down the White household, and the two join forces to gather evidence to take out Walt. Together, they trick Walt into revealing where he stashed his drug money, and, desperate, Walt calls his former neo-Nazi partners for help. The neo-Nazis arrive, kill Hank, kidnap Jesse, and Gomez. They kill Gomez. They Why kill are you leaving Gomez. Gomez out of this? He's the most important character. Intending to use him to cook the blue meth for their own criminal organization. Walt goes into the criminal equivalent of the Witness Protection Program, but after seeing Elliot and Gretchen Schwartz on TV denying his involvement in the company he co-founded, he comes to wrap up he comes back to wrap up his loose ends. He forces Elliot and Gretchen to launder the rest of his drug money for his family, and he admits to Skyler that everything he did was for himself, instead of for his family, as he so often claimed. He then heads up to the neo-Nazi compound, kills the skinheads, and ultimately saves Jesse's life in the process. Dying of blood loss from a stray bullet. Is it a stray bullet when you have a robot machine gun? <laughs> um, and his own inevitable death from cancer. Walt collapses in the neo-Nazi's meth lab, surrounded by chemical equipment, as the police arrived. And really, for a man who loved cooking meth so much, it's the perfect way to end the Breaking Bad story. All right. Ted is not even in this recap. <laughs> Neither is Gomez. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know anything about Marie's kleptomania. No. <laughs> Nope, so we're just going to have to go on our gut All right. and go through these predictions and score them up. Let's see. Jesse is going to get shot. That didn't happen. Walt cheats on his wife. No. Walter's cancer diagnosis is incorrect. No. Nothing for me from the first episode. Skyler never actually writes anything. You get that point. That's That was your daytime? Yep. One point? Yep. Bogdan gets a run over by a car in the car wash. It's a feel-good moment. Does not happen. Ah, and Gomez is murdered violently by Hank. Did not happen. No. Uh, episode two. Let's see. Jesse accidentally spills a bag of meth because it isn't sealed. That totally happened. Hey, if that... I don't get Bogdan, you don't get... Oh, come on. That totally actually happened. Bogdan is pure conjecture. This is a thing that we've both admitted has happened. Fine. Uh, Marie comes over to visit and steals Walt's hat. That doesn't happen. Hank catches Walt. Walt cuts him in on the operation. No. No. He doesn't catch him, but Hank does benefit from the operation. That's no. And the investigation slows because of it. But it is not a on purpose. He is not aware. No. Uh, Tugo ends up working for Walt. No. Hank chooses between Marie's kleptomania's job. No. No one ever actually tries to turn Walt and Jesse in. Every problem is because of their own paranoia and naivete. No one tries to turn them in. Hank is very actively investigating them constantly. The cops are chasing them. No one is trying... Oh, the only person who's trying to turn Walt in is Jesse. No, Hank is trying to catch him. That's not turning them in. That is. How is I, that not... I'm a, I'm a, I am a DEA agent investigating them. That's, that is different than somebody snitching on them. That is somebody turning you in. 
Not oh, okay. I investigated. So someone snitches on them. That's what you meant to write. No, that's what t- turning you uh, turning you in is. I know about the the criminal conspiracy because I see you doing it. Not I'm investigating it from the police side. Okay. That is what turning somebody in means. Okay, if you make the police doing their jobs exempt from that's not them. turning somebody in. That's catching someone. It's different. No one tries to turn them in, but. We do know Jesse tries to turn Walt well, in. No, well, no, that's actually not true at all because they pay off Gus's people to not turn them in. That's a whole plot point for the last season. But you pay them off. It's not we're paying them off because they're trying to turn you in. It's you pay them off so that they're comfortable in prison. What is that? That is different. No, it's not. It's they're not. It's, they're not paying them off so they're comfortable in prison. They're paying them off so they don't turn them in. Yeah, well, that is a that is stated explicitly. No, but that is a that's that hush is a, money. That's a common hush money is different than. I'm going to turn you no, in. No, no, because hush money wouldn't be hush money without the threat of turning you in. That is, it is a common, it is a common organized crime thing to, I pay you money while you're in prison for not talking about the rest of the yes. stuff you know. Yes, that is turning someone in. I don't, no, it is not. Yes, it is. No, it is not. That is the definition of what you just said. That is a criminal saying, hey, I'm going to tell you about Heisenberg now to get my prison sentence reduced. Yeah. Nobody is threatening to do that. They are preemptively paying people. Pre, that is a so com- because they preemptively pay them. No, what I'm saying is narratively, no one is like I'm going. To, I'm about to go turn you in, and they have to react to that. God, if I don't give you this point, is our no. friendship over? No, I'm not getting the point because Jesse tries to turn Walt in. We are just very much okay. in disagreement of what turning somebody in means. Okay, that's okay. I don't get that point. That is fine. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Jesse works with the DEA. Yeah, the Jesse works with the DEA to try to catch Walt. That is turning somebody in. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, the lab upgrade. I get a point. Skyler finds out about Walt. I get two points. They lose the baby. I do not get any points. Two places in this becomes. I have Kristen Ritter becomes a capital problem. P- point. point. That was a daytime. That was daytime. Yep. The RV explodes. They don't say how they get rid of the RV. But they but get rid of the RV. They get rid of the RV. I'm willing to give you that one. I'm, I think the RV explodes. I think the <laughs> RV explodes. It's it's way too fun for the RV to not explode. And uh, Skinny Pete is never seen, but is called at least three more times. He was Sorry. one of the main characters, apparently. <laughs> um, Walt and Jesse bury the hatchet and cook together again. Yep. That happened. Walt and Skyler get back together. That happens. Walt and Jesse's rift deepens, leading them to become rivals on the meth scene. We did find out Gus does make this happen. To convince Walt to cook again. But they are never actively cooking at the same time for against different outfits. Against each other? Yeah, they are played against each other within the same outfit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jesse and Walt reconcile. They are both back in the RV, but to live? No. And Gus becomes a chicken magnet and leaves drug be- drugs behind? No. I wish. He was already a chicken magnate. Saul changes his name to Sal. Doesn't happen. We never see Mike again. Doesn't happen. Gomez returns to finish the job. Hank can't. Doesn't happen. They kill Gus in an incredibly over-the-top fashion. That happens. That happens. A exploding wheelchair? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep, that counts. Mike kills a lot of people all at once. He's there for it, but he didn't do it. Yep. And Walton and Jesse blow up the lab. Yeah. Yep, that happens. That, that was a three-pointer, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a three-pointer. All right. Hank heals up and gets on the back on the trail of Walt and Jesse. That happens. That happens. 
Uh, Mike abandons Gus to work for Jesse and Walt. That does happen. Uh, and then uh, Skyler gets killed. That does not happen. Nope. Uh, Skyler kills Ted. What are we going to do about this one? We are we going to look it up? We can look it up. Let's look it up real quick. <laughs> I'll put a little girl from Ipanema in here. No, just Google Ted Breaking Bad and scroll to the end of what happened. Yep. Ted Breaking Bad death came up, so <laughs> maybe the actor died. Oh. If it's like Marie kills Ted, I'm going to be so mad. Okay. Ted runs past Huel in an effort to escape from the house, trips on a rug, crashing headfirst into an island counter. It appears he may have broken his neck. Okay, so he he hurts himself running from Huel when he's talking to Saul. So not Skylar involved. He survives. Uh, doctors predict Ted will never walk again after receiving a concussion and fracturing several vertebrae. So he's just left. He's left paraplegic. crippled. Okay. Well, okay. I'm fine with that. Fuck Ted. Saul has a full uh, mental breakdown, probably. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And Gus finally gets on top, only for someone else to rip his whole organization down and kill him. That happens. Yep. That was the three-pointer there at the end? Yep. I got Todd dies? Yep. Walt Jr. learns the truth about his dad? Pretty sure that happens. Yes. And then uh, Hank kills Walt and adopts the baby. Nope. nope. We are getting more points than I anticipated. <laughs> I think it's a testament to how good this show is. I, th- I think so, too. Hank and Marie keep the baby. No. Flynn learns what his dad uh, is doing, but not Skylar's involvement. Yep. That seems to be the case. That's a point. It's two points for you? Yep. And the gang frames and kills Lydia. They just killed Lydia. Yep. All right. And final predictions. Rest in peace, Saul Goodman. Maybe. I'm going to look it up real quick here. Oh, God, that's not his name. Why Wikipedia article? Nope. Nope. He makes it. He makes it. All right. I don't have to read the article. Status alive. Okay. Incarcerated for 86 years. Oh, he gets caught. He gets caught. (laughs) So I'm going to say he did totally have a nervous breakdown then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Rest in peace, Jesse Pinkman. We see him survive. And then Walter White, rest in peace. My final points for the season, putting me at 15. Okay, I have Walt dies. Yep, that's one point. Hank dies. That's two points. We're going to quibble on this one. Everyone dies. Well, Ben, <laughs> here's what I'm going to say. So many people are dead. <laughs> so many people are dead, but they're Nazis, and Nazis aren't people. No, but our of our, our main characters, uh, most of our main characters are dead. Most of the main characters are dead or incarcerated. They're all taken off the table, but that's the finale. Um, I will say it doesn't matter, Ben. Because even without those, you're at 16 points, beating me by one. Ah. So it's your pick regardless. So if you want the three points, you can have them. Nah, it's okay. But you don't need them. Because there's still people alive. All right. Skinny Pete made it. Skinny Pete made it. Which, maybe not in El Camino, but TVD. <laughs> if you would have just said, hey, uh, what's the over-under on Skinny Pete making it out of this one alive? I would have said... Oh, he's not making it, <laughs> so. All right. Well, Ben, you'll get to pick our next show. All we're right. We're going to watch season three, episode 10, Fly, next week. Before we do our thanks, final thoughts on the show. This show was excellent. This show was, like, 
this is one of those things where sometimes like you don't do a thing for a long time and then it becomes like a thing that you just haven't done like yeah yeah i never watched breaking bad my life is fine and full without it and it's just like <laughs> but it was really good it was though. really good <laughs> um like i'm a ha- i have i live a happy life full of friends and my son <laughs> but breaking bad was really good breaking bad is really good um i um i will propose that at this point we do a are you going to go back and watch it all and I think the answer for me is definitely yes. I I am definitely tempted. I, I do appreciate a show who's just like, all right, so we've gone from crazy meth dealers. Let's ha- let's ratchet that up. Ooh, crazy meth cartels. How do we uh how do we come a- how do, like how do we beat meth cartels? Meth Nazis. Meth, meth Nazis. Nazis is how you do it. <laughs> Job well done. Yeah. Just a super interesting show. Yeah. Lots of Man, Walt watching Kristen Ritter die is shaking me right now. Yeah. Too. Uh plane crashes being a thing. Yeah. I did not expect this to be a show involving plane crashes. Yeah. Ugh. But for sure, I think I think this was it. I think we as a proof of concept for this show, I think we have failed. Because this was such a good this show. This was so good. <laughs> and I wonder if for the next show that we do, if it is not as good, if it is harder to follow, if it is more ridiculous in our predictions, if we are completely wildly wrong about a bunch of stuff. Alternatively, if I'm like, man, I'm glad I only watched seven episodes of blank yep. is also something that could happen. So I don't feel like it, this podcast has saved me time, Yeah, which was one of the goals. But as far as getting me to actually finally watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, happening. All right. Well, now I'm going to have to spend our next uh next week ruminating on what our next show is going to be because I have to remember that as much fun as it might be to do something at you, I have to watch it too. So <laughs> uh yeah, so no mushroom hunter or anything. Yeah, or like no uh Hey, we're going to watch this obscure uh, Azerbaijani soap opera that ran for 5,000 episodes. Uh, We will be keeping the uh, two episodes a season math. So the dice we roll will change. Mm -hmm. So if it's like a 26 episode a season thing. The the roles will be hypothetically higher. Yeah, it will be hypothetically higher. If it's shorter seasons or shorter overall episodes, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. Just like if it's like... One Piece or something that has 50 seasons or something stupid, whatever yeah. that anime's on, 1,000-plus episodes. Maybe we set it to one episode a season or something, yeah. or even, in that case, maybe one episode every other season. Yeah, like, if I decided to be like, okay, we're watching uh, Dark Shadows. Oh, the original one? Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> one of the CW shows. No, I was talking about the original, like, actual soap opera, but we're just vampires. Oh, True uh, Blood? <laughs> not True Blood. I've seen the first season of True Blood. It's out. Okay. It made me really, really mad. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Not my gig. Yep. Uh, but no, this Breaking Bad was amazing. Some wonderful actors doing some wonderful acting. Oh, yeah. I'm actually kind of looking forward to watching a worse show. Yeah. I I don't want to say that we weren't funny. I feel like we made some good jokes. 
but it was hard. Yeah, it sometimes was, it was just like, oh man, this was so great, and this was so great, and this was so great. And it's like, maybe we need to watch Baywatch Nights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I have this problem on Who Are You occasionally as well, uh, which is my Babylon 5 Watchcast listener, if you were unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. Um, and Laura and I, my co-host there, we've talked about this at length too, where it's like, sometimes an episode is just so busy or just so good that it's hard to stop and make jokes, dick and fart jokes at its expense. And some of the funniest episodes come from some of the worst shows. Yeah. And that was not only did we watch an excellent show, but we also randomly rolled into banger after banger after banger. Yeah. Well, like like, now knowing what happens in this show, knowing the plot points that we saw that were important and what we saw then wasn't. And also looking at the top 10 lists, I would not believe us that we randomly rolled. Well, like we could have just missed Tuco. We almost missed Tuco. Yeah. yeah completely. Uh, like, I, I guess it looked, sounded like he was in a lot more season one. He was in four episodes. That's it? Yes. Because okay. well. I, I know because I, I saw he was in just as many episodes as John Delancey. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's been a good ride and I'm looking forward to this next show. But before we do that, we've got fly. Yeah. So we'll be back. We will be back next week with that. Uh, but until then, we want to thank ripe for their lovely theme song. Our lovely theme song, their lovely song. Yes. Goon squad. They are off tour at this point. They were touring very recently. They'll probably announce some more stuff soon. You can check them out on their website and you see their tour dates. I am super disappointed they are in Michigan while I am in Arizona. Um, it's not while I'm at Comic-Con, is it? Uh, it is the 14th. Oh, it's like right before I leave for Comic-Con. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Anyways, thank you so much, Ripe. We love this fucking song. And if you want to listen to more of their music, hit up Spotify, wherever you listen to music. They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Annette Lucina, for the lovely image of TV that you license under Creative Commons so we could repurpose it as our podcast art as well. We really appreciate you doing that. And the image itself. It's lovely. Thank you. Yeah. And we will see you next time on Last Time On. Let's make a quick stop first.